it's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 26th day of March, 2014. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, stretcher technician... (coughs) And today our guest speaker is Bob Walsh, and um, he's a uh, attorney that uh, represents veterans and uh, helps them do their little battle with the VA, and uh, helps keep the VA all straightened out so uh, they don't get too froggy on us. How you doing today, Bob? Uh-oh. Well, I guess he's still here. Hello, Bob. There yes, he is. <laughs> Hello. How you doing, Bob? Okay, you got me all hooked up? Uh, you're all hooked up, and I mean we're on the air live. Okay, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Gerald. How you You know, uh, you've been working this Roberts uh, uh, case real hot and heavy. Uh, do you have any updates on us? How is that thing going? Well, we, we went into Washington, D.C., and we had a BVA hearing. Uh, and uh, I think it's safe to say that the the veterans law judge was a little bit gobsmacked by <laughs> what he heard. <laughs> and uh, so then, uh, about the same time, the the government came out, the VA published in the Federal Register on Wednesday, November 7th, they had published their notice of proposed rulemaking. And I don't know if you guys know how this works, but um, when, the, when the VA became a department uh, back in 88, are we breaking up? Oh, I don't know. Uh-oh. 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 Try it now. Must be the buffer. I can. Yeah, we're, 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 it's it almost acts like a cell phone going bad here. I'm on a landline, so. Oh, okay. I am too. Yeah, go ahead, Bob. We can hear you. All right. So the the VA has been doing this regulation rewrite, and they've been taking various blocks of the regulations and and reformatting them, and then they've been coming back and and. Since they became a department in '88, they came under the um, the Administrative Procedures Act, and that means theoretically that they have to give all the veteran claimants due process of law, and it also means that they have to publish uh, notice and comment opportunity. So they publish these things in the Federal Register, all the proposed rules, and then you get a, an open window to go through and talk about them, and then you can come back. And they've done this in increments. I think this is the fifth the fifth uh, uh, group of them they've done. And this particular one dealt with two things that were interesting to me and were sort of uh, uh, one part heavily related to the Roberts case. The, the first thing that they talked about is willful misconduct. And willful misconduct, as you know, has been has been raised by the VA regional offices as a bar to a veteran getting benefits. In other words, if you go out in the service and you're falling down drunk and you drive your car and you get injured, uh, the command may determine that your injuries were were unlawful. They were they were willful misconduct, and that that because of that situation they might give you an article 15 or admonish you and then later that willful misconduct finding can be used by the VA to say well for that particular injury you can't have benefits and that happens from time to time so that was one point the other thing that was there's all through this and this thing is 340 pages long but the other thing that was all through it were the it was the regulations about benefits fraud, and the Roberts case is mentioned in there I think five times. The uh, they they actually uh, 
quote what the Veterans Court said about the Roberts case. Well, of course, you know, we've discussed this before. I think the Veterans Court got the Roberts case pretty much wrong. I think the dissent in the Roberts case is closer to, to being correct than the than the opinion. But that's water over the dam because the Federal Circuit Court and the U.S. Supreme Court agreed with them, so that's the end of that piece of it. But they remember the Roberts case was split in half, and half was remanded back. And that's the half that we had the BVA hearing on uh, in Washington a few weeks ago, and we're still waiting for a decision on that. So in the meantime, I thought, well, I better I better say something about this because I know something about these uh, uh, these issues, and I ought to get something fired in there. So I sent in a, a small little 62-page uh, comment, and you can go and find that on the on the website, and uh, uh, it should be posted up there. But here's where I took him to task on willful misconduct. I had a sailor who was returning to his ship in San Diego. He'd been to he'd been on shore leave. He'd had a couple drinks. And he got jumped by five guys and just got the heck beat out of him. They separated his right shoulder. He's right-handed. They gave him a closed-head injury. I mean, they like to kill him. But he's a big boy, and he broke loose, and, and he fought back. And he got back to the ship. And the officer of the deck, and Gerald's a Navy man. He knows this. The officer of the deck, you know, on the weekend, who's that? That's the rookie officer, the ensign, the lowest form of life on the ship, is the officer of the deck. So he signs him in, and he marks down that the guy's intoxicated, so therefore it's a uh, willful misconduct. Now, something he heard in one of his classes, I guess, at, at officer's training. The next day, it's reviewed by the, by the uh, division officer, and he looks at it, and he says, oh, that's a bunch of foolishness. This guy got assaulted. It's not willful misconduct. He's a victim. You know, he's not the perpetrator. So it got changed. The VA regional office in Detroit took the first first remark, remark the, the, and they and, and they they, uh, and they, uh, they set that set down down and and used it to deny this deny man benefits, benefits, benefits for twenty years. For 20 years. So the next so the thing next that happened, happened is I get the case, I, and I, I went and back I went and looked at it, and I find in the service records two pages, two pages later what? where the the other officer has said, no, we're not going to do that. I also had another case where a man had post-traumatic stress disorder, and because he had been, after the military, he had been a drinker, uh, Detroit declared it as willful misconduct. He died without getting any benefits, but we did solve his case. We found an eyewitness to the incident in Germany. We would have won the case had he lived. But he certainly took a 20-year delay because of this willful misconduct business. Now, in order to to crystallize this, and I found in another case, I found another regional office, I think it was Atlanta, they have a, a form they use for a willful misconduct determination. And they went all through this checklist, and they, they had concluded that my client had not been guilty of willful misconduct. But here's the fundamental thing, and it's a common sense thing if you really think about it. Willful misconduct is 90% of the time going to be a decision, a determination that should be made by the service department. And by the service department, I mean the Army, the Air Force, the Navy, the Marine Corps, or the Coast Guard. It's not. You know, you can't. You can't 40 years later turn the lights back on and and have an instant replay and and change the call that that ended the game because you don't like the way it came out. And that's what the VA's doing. They're sticking their nose into into business 10, 20, 40 years before uh that's closed, closed business. And unless somebody's court-martialed or they get a Article 15, and they have a firm willful misconduct determination during their active duty period when they had due process and had an opportunity to protest about it and, and bring the facts out, the VA can't do that. 
So that was one, and I commented about that. But mostly I commented about the Roberts case, and here is what we said about that. That Again, what we said on the previous show, benefits fraud adjudications by the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs are illegal. They're unlawful. And I read the quote for you on the last show, you know, where the VAIG number two man was saying, hey, you know, we can't do criminal investigations. Congress needs to give us more authority because in the authority that we have right now, we can't do it. And that was in 2004. And that's right when they were were, um, trampling all over Robert's rights. Well, uh, Bob, if that's the case, how can they come back and say, Look, this is willful misconduct if they're not allowed to do that. Well, because nobody calls them out on it, Gerald. Oh, That's the oh. thing. You know, okay. If, okay. if, you know, these guys, this, this, and this is the whole thing about these, these fraud adjudications, the same story, is when we raise this up to Congress, uh, these senators and representatives just sit there and looking across the desk at you like you're from outer space. Because they said, well, you're asking us to believe that this department has been conducting themselves illegally and unconstitutionally for 30 years. (laughs) And we're sort of nodding our heads up and down, said, yeah, that, that would be right. Okay. And the other agencies, and that's why attorneys that come in to, to do VA work, if they've done administrative work in other agencies, they're they're just in shock because they can't believe how bad VA benefits due process is and and how far from the law and how far from the rules these people have strayed. But what really is offensive about this 340-page notice of proposed rulemaking is they're getting ready to to put into place um, the 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 process that they use to to illegally deny Roberts his benefits, take his benefits away. And remember, he he his uh, his service connected PTSD had been in place twenty years. Unreal. But when they say the fraud word, when they say the F word, then all bets are off, and then they can go back and do anything they want to you. And the re- none of the rules matter because they said fraud. Well, that's fine, except the Congress put in place a whole set of rules. And and I know, Gerald, you've got that nice Lexus CD now. Yes, yes. And if you and if you go to 38 CFR 42.1, and you open that up, you'll see those regulations. But the problem with it is that if you search all over through the M21. Uh, adjudication manual and all these other things, you won't find any mention of it. And they wrote 340 pages about benefits fraud adjudication in the Federal Register and never mentioned the 38 CFR 42.1 set of regulations that are really supposed to be used by the judge in doing a VA fraud case. Well, wouldn't that trump their damn fraud case? Well, here's the thing. Roberts might still have been found to be guilty of fraud by the administrative law judge if he had had the 42.1 procedure. Oh, okay. He could have been. He could. But we don't know because he's never had his day in court. <laughs> the way the way they did Roberts and the way they do fraud now at the at the veterans benefits is they send you a letter. We found fraud in your in your file, and we are proposing to take your benefits away. And what it says in M21, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically what it says in M21 is send them this letter, but don't send them any of the evidence and don't talk about it. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's a secret. It's kind of like a Nazi show trial. Bring the guilty guy in here for a day, and then let's get him out of here and hang him. So then 60 days later, they say, you know, later, we've severed your PTSD benefits because we severed them. 
because you committed fraud. Well, the, how can you say that? Well, Roberts filed an appeal. You know, the, the Veterans Court said that Roberts never responded in the 60-day period, and he did. Not only did he respond, but the American Legion responded also. Yes. Now, they asked for a copy of the IG report that accused him of all this stuff, and they would not let him see it. Now, I thought this was America. Is that legal? Well, no, but it's VA. Okay. Oh. So so here's the sticking point. In other words, if you're if you're accused of drunk driving, right, and they've got you in court, your your attorney gets to see the the report from the breathalyzer people and the hospital records and all that, doesn't he or she? I would you know? so. Yes. You get to see it even if you're defending yourself. Well let me see that. You know, they got this boy down in Florida. And he's defending him right right now on one of those robot traffic tickets. Yeah. Right? And they said, well, you ran this red light in Miami. He said, well, that would be good, except I've never been to Miami. And that's not my car. I drive a pickup. Okay. Uh-huh. But they got a, they made a, the, they made a mistake. They got a... a uh, trailer hitch in front of the part of the license plate, or it's dirty or something, and they got this kid jammed up. And they, and you know, he says, "Here's the VIN. Here's my registration. Uh, that's a sedan. This is a truck. What?" And they won't dismiss the case. Great. Okay, so Roberts is sort of the same kind of a deal. Now, what they said in the Roberts case. And this this goes this is why this willful misconduct thing ties into it. They said that Roberts, on February fourth, nineteen sixty nine, was not at his duty station at Naval Air Facility Naples, Italy. That he wasn't at the at the transit line shack or on the ramp or in the hangar. He was not working after Chow in the afternoon that day when the boy was killed. In the accident. Uh-huh. Well, we're all military people. All the judges are military except one or two now in the in the veterans court. They're all you know, they're all former JAG officers, they're all officers. They were all military officers. They're, most of them were military judges. And so the question is, well, wait a minute, this is the military. You people sort of do know a little bit about military life and military procedures. Do you really think that an E3 who absented himself from his duty station during the time that a fatal accident took place would not receive captain's mast, would not receive an Article 15, would not be court-martialed? Well, no, I wouldn't. I'd say... I think he'd be hung hung pretty high, wouldn't he? He'd all gone right. But yet, two days after the incident, he got a special performance evaluation, which was a max. And I think the lieutenant commander that ran that maintenance operation would have it would have not signed that if Roberts had stepped on his tie that day. Absolutely, would not have signed that. All right. So, so he was there, and, and uh, he's he's deceased now. But he was there, and he was observing the whole thing. And he he says two days later, well, you know, Roberts is a good troop and ought to be promoted to E4. That is not consistent with saying that he was absent from duty that morning. So therefore, by their own doggone actions, they well, except now, like Roberts to be a a, a credible uh, and uh, worthy. Uh, um, uh, trooper. Okay, okay, now, so the VAIG, the VAIG goes and does an investigation. And they say in their report, which Roberts gets, his criminal defense attorney gets in federal district court. He never gets to see. He's indicted, and they start giving out documents in what they call criminal discovery. Uh-huh. And he gets a chance to look at this thing. 
when he goes to his board hearing at the BVA in Washington, he'd already been indicted. And when the VAIG man testified to the federal grand jury, which we say is illegal, okay, because uh-huh. he's not a law enforcement officer, and the IGs not a cop, aren't cops, and they're not supposed to be testifying to a grand jury. Yeah. The Department of Justice handbook says that uh, that the only people that can investigate VA fraud are Secret Service agents and the FBI. Uh huh. Okay, and he's none of those, right? He goes and testifies to the grand jury that uh, that Roberts has been found guilty of benefits fraud by the VA and that his case is all done. I just told you when I when we started the show that we just had a hearing on Robert's remanded issue. And again, th- this thing kind of comes into to focus a little bit, you know, because we talked about it before. We've talked about it a couple times. I don't know how they can get away with all these... Uh... Uh, misrepresentation of the truth. Well, and so so the question is, did did the VAIG man perjure himself before a federal grand jury on two right. different occasions? And my answer is yes, affirmative. He did. Okay. And I think the U.S. attorney in the Eastern District of Wisconsin should deal with that at some point. But But he flat out told that federal grand jury you know that uh, uh, that the that Roberts' administrative appeals were all done. Well, he'd filed a notice of disagreement, and he'd filed a VA nine. And so then, soon after, Roberts ends up indicted, and, and Roberts has to actually get leave. He has to get permission from the federal district court judge in Wisconsin to travel to Washington D.C. for his BVA hearing. Oh my. The BVA judge was a guy named Barry Bohan. Bohan would not let Roberts look at the claims file. And they were all nice new jackets. It was all nice and pretty. Now, when we were there a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the record. And it's all it's the old record. It's the old files. We saw, we can see in vacals, we can see in covers where the IG had had confiscated Robert's claims file. And apparently what the regional office had done is made a photocopy. Well, you know what happens when you run those copies through those high-speed copy machines. Oh, yes. First of all, you miss the stuff on the backside, right? Yeah. Unless you're careful. And the other thing that happens is sometimes pages stick together, right? So, yes. So it wasn't complete. The other thing I think they did is when they made the copy, I think they intentionally left some stuff out of there. But there were, we resubmitted to the VA over 500 pages of records that were missing from that claims file. Oh, my land. And remember, Robert's complaint was to the IG, because he's the whistleblower, he's the guy that goes to the IG in the first place. His complaint to them was that they were messing around with his claims file and they were taking documents out of it or not putting documents into it. And later, Milwaukee is one of the named regional offices in Shreddergate. They're one of the offices that was ta- caught taking stuff straight from the mailroom to the shredder box. So we know that they did it because the, the same VAIG, you know, that that gets after him later discovers that, oh, yeah, they really did all that stuff. Now, the other thing that they cover in this big notice of proposed rulemaking is they get, again, they get around this fraud thing, but there's another reason that you've got to have this fraud hearing, Gerald, and and this this came up in the Roberts case, too, and we touched upon it the last time we talked about it. Uh Uh-huh. The way the system is set up, the judge, the administrative law judge, and this is a Title V administrative law judge, just like you have at Social Security. Yes. These judges do, are not employees of the VA. They're employees of the Office of Personnel Management, 
they're like referees in the big leagues. They don't they don't work for any one team. They work for the league, right? Yeah. So these guys work for OPM, and then they're assigned over to these different agencies. A lot of different agencies use administrative law judges. Department of Defense uses them for contract appeals. Uh, VA uses them for contract appeals. Uh, Social Security uses them for disability benefits hearings. Uh-huh. So these administrative judges, uh, they're all attorneys, and, and they're pretty sharp people. They've got at least seven years of experience before they're hired. When you do the fraud thing, and when you look at that 38 CFR 42.1, you'll see a whole set of regulations there. I think there's, it goes to uh, 42.1 to to like .47 or something. There's a there's a long there's a lot of paragraphs there, but it's a whole set of rules of how you're supposed to do this fraud hearing. And the first thing that happens is if the IG thinks there's fraud, they got a tip on the tip line or they got a phone call or something, they go over to the VA regional council and they take their suspicions, just like you see in the cop shows. The cops come to the prosecutor. Uh-huh. Is there probable cause here? Do you think a crime has been committed? And the attorneys may shake their head no and say, no, keep digging because we don't think you got it yet. Okay, or they might say, "Yeah, let's have a hearing." So then, what they're supposed to do is write up the complaint. They write up a detailed complaint, and that complaint is just like a complaint, uh, a civil lawsuit in in court, where they say, you know, that that you own this vehicle, that you were driving this vehicle, that you ran this vehicle through the front of the house at you know 425 Main Street. Yeah. That because you ran it through the house, the house burned down. Uh, people got hurt. Uh, the dog was killed. You know, and this it, you, you get a complaint on a big mess like that, and it may be 80 different paragraphs long. But what you're supposed to do is the, what the regional office, the attorneys are supposed to prepare a detailed, long statement like that of everything that's alleged that you did. And in the Roberts case, it would be that. You weren't really there in 1969. You didn't really know Gary Holland. You didn't really, uh, you weren't the first person to respond. Uh, you didn't participate in the rescue attempt. Uh, you never uh, uh, wrote a, a, a report that was placed in the official uh, report. Uh, you know, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Details and then and then you you filed a a, P, a, a false a PTSD claim and blah 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 blah. Now, in the VAIG's report, he's got all these statements where he says he talked to all these sailors and they said that they didn't that, that Roberts wasn't there that day. When they got into federal district court, some of those same people were called as witnesses for the prosecution. You know what they said? He was there. No. There, there were two groups. Some said that we didn't know him, so we wouldn't know in those 300 faces out there in the crowd whether he was there or not. Oh, because they worked in another division, the maintenance division, not the the transit line, and they didn't know him anyway. Or they said, "I can't recall." Well, you know, I can't recall or I don't even know him, are a lot different, a long ways different than he wasn't there. That's a long way different. Yes, it is. Now, that jury was so bamboozled by the prosecution that they convicted Roberts of the benefits fraud. But the main thing they were hanging their hat on was that, gosh, the VA said he did it. Well, wait a minute. Time out. And there are hundreds of these prosecutions have been done around the country. Hundreds. There was never an administrative trial. There was never this hearing under these 38 CFR 42.1 rules. He never got that detailed written complaint saying what he had done. And by the way, when you get it, you get it in the mail, certified mail return receipt. 
And then it tells you that you have 30 days to file an answer. Now, here's what you can do. You can file a, an answer, and you can say, I agree with everything, and it's all true. Or you can say, I don't agree with any of it, and I want a hearing. Okay. Uh-huh. At that point in time, they have to hire, they have to task a judge. They have to go get an administrative law judge. Not one of these veterans' law judges, so-called, that the BVA, that work for them. But they're supposed to go get an administrative law judge. And that administrative law judge is then given the case to work. Now, the first thing the administrative law judge does is send you a letter saying, you have the right to a hearing, you have a right to call witnesses, you have a right to have subpoenas from me and go find missing evidence, and you have a right to have an attorney. It's the only time in all the VA regulations you find, you find where they tell somebody, they tell a veteran that they have a right to an attorney. It's the only place you'll find it. I've never found it anyplace else. Yeah, but on a deal like this, uh, Bob, if I may ask, how, <clears throat> okay, here's this poor veteran. He's sitting here and he said, oh, man, what a mess. I need an attorney. Now, does he look for a pro bono attorney or? or well, that's a little, that's an interesting question. Now, uh-huh. Under the normal claims business, you you know that until uh-huh. an appeal, until a notice of appeal, notice of disagreement's been filed, you yeah. can't have an attorney, right? Right. Of right. course, he had filed a notice of disagreement, so he he was in the zone now. But the, back then, you had to have a final BVA decision. He'd never been to the board. He hadn't had back then under the old rules. This is 2005. He had never had a final BVA decision. So technically. An attorney couldn't get paid, wouldn't get paid that was representing him. Now, how was he to get an attorney to represent him? I mean, well, you know, hey. that's a pretty tough deal here. Right. And, and, and where's it leading? And that's, the, that's why all these protections are in place, because where it's, where's it, it is leading is if you lose at this administrative hearing, if you lose, and that... that administrative law judge does make findings of facts and rulings of law that you did commit fraud and you did do all this, uh-huh. the other thing that he or she will then do is marshal all the damages. Ooh. Now, what happened in Roberts, listen, this is great, and it's in my, it's in my comment on the notice for proposed rulemaking. Roberts never had this hearing, so the damages were never figured out, right? Yes. 38 CFR 2.6 tells you about the damages. You guys never go there, but look on your CD. Look uh-huh. at 38, 38 CFR 2.6, and you'll see some of the stuff on this damages from the VA. So so they never have the hearing. Well, in federal district court, the, the, the U.S. attorney is accusing Roberts of stealing a million dollars from the government. <laughs> And they said, well, how do you come up with that? And he says, well, he got 100% money, and if he lives to be 85 years old, he says, wait a minute, the man had his first heart attack when he was 37. There's probably not much possibility here he's going to live to be 85. Yeah. Okay, he's been pretty sick. But he said, oh, he's going to live for a million – He's going to live all these years and and 100% rate and and with cost of living increase and everything. Why? He he was going to steal a million dollars from the government. And then uh, the worker from the regional office testifies, and she says, well, wait a minute, they took away his service connection, but he already had pension approved. So you took away his service connection, uh, service connected 100%, he fell back to pension. Uh-huh. Oops. So the real damages are 100% money minus pension money. Yeah. The difference, the difference, right? But he had Champ VA. He had health care for his wife and for his children. Also, he had two girls that were in college, and they got Chapter 35 benefits. Now, what the VA statutes say is exactly what you'd think. Unless those people were co-conspirators, unless those people were, were 
part of the fraud? Uh-huh. They're innocent, right? Yes. So all the money would what? All the money would get moved over to the veterans' account. But let me tell you what the VA did. The VA went back years after they paid medical bills and took the money back from the hospitals. Oh, ho, ho, ho. No hearing, no notice, no opportunity, clawed back the payments and said, there. And so, so, well, listen, so, so listen. So then the hospital sues Mrs. Roberts yeah. in state court, and she has judgments against her which need to be paid, and they're also jamming up her credit history and all that business. They did the same. The, one of the girls, they transferred the money over to Robert's account. The other girl, they uh, uh, they sent they sent her to collections for her college money and jammed up her credit. Oh boy! Now, what's supposed to really happen is the judge is supposed to determine whether any of these family members were involved in this in this nefarious plot. Okay. If they're co-conspiring, they get a, a hearing and they get an opportunity also. But if they're not, that money's just all marshaled over into the veteran's account for him or her to pay back, right? Because uh-huh. it's not a fault of some five-year-old kid that that had an appendectomy. Yeah, right. You see, you see the the, the logic of Congress here, right? Yeah. Except nothing Congress has ever said about any of this counts because they don't follow these procedures. So now. What we've got going on in Roberts now is he's got like a two hundred and and uh, say two hundred and fifty thousand dollar round numbers bill that he's due from the Department of Justice, right? Uh huh. Oh, now he gets a letter from the VA Debt Management Center. They're trying to collect the same money twice. Oh. And none of it has gone through the system. None of it is approved to where it can actually be a registered debt that can be collected and offset against taxes and all that other business like you're supposed to do. They have not done any of that. Okay. So this is what these mopes have been doing. And this has been going on now since 2004. And here we are. It's 10 years of this reign of terror that they've been conducting on this man. They had little old gal down there in Tennessee who was getting widow's pension. Uh-huh. And she was running a flea market stall. And the VAIG got snooping around. They said, well, she's making money on the weekends at that flea market stall and not reporting it as income, and she is a criminal. And they sent that over to the Department of Justice and some hotshot U.S. attorney down there in, in Tennessee. They They must be really scrambling for to find work to do i tell you what they prosecuted that little old lady and convicted her oh no for twenty five hundred dollars you have to understand that to run a run a case through fed a criminal case through federal court probably cost a hundred thousand dollars you know so you you just spent a hundred thousand why didn't you just send her a bill and ask her to pay it back yeah that'd been the logical thing to do so these people, I'm telling you, these people are out of control. That, that's my whole, the sum and substance of my response to the notice of proposed rulemaking. And um, comments were are, are due by tomorrow. But I, I had a few things to say, and I thought it was important. And, and they quoted the Roberts case in there a couple times. However, the case of Roberts v. Shinseki, 23 Vet at 416, 2010, affirmed on other grounds, blah, blah, blah showed how it can be misleading. In Roberts, the CAVC affirmed VA severance of fraudulent service connection. The secretary argued severance for fraud is subject to the due process requirements in 38 CFR 3.103B. It is not, okay? That ex parte non-adversarial due process that's used for claims can't be used when you're accusing somebody of fraud. Yeah. You have to use the due process protections that are set forth in the Administrative Procedures Act and in the Constitution. Now, we just talked about the fact that Roberts wasn't allowed to call witnesses. Had he had that little hearing before the administrative law judge, 
he would have had subpoena power and been able to call. He never he never got a chance to cross examine the uh, vassal, the VAOIG investigator. He never got a chance to even see his report before the board made its decision. That's right of confrontation. So you've got Fifth and Sixth Amendment problems with the Constitution with this. You cannot run a fraud allegation ex parte, okay? Uh-huh. In other words, you, you know how these VA hearings and stuff run, right? There's no oh, rules okay. of evidence. You're just in there. We're just talking. We're just talking, right? We're just talking, and then you're going to go to federal prison for four years next week. Yeah. Okay? No, we're not just talking. When we say the fraud word, when we accuse somebody of stealing, that's serious. Fights on, you know. That's you know. You got to get your game face on. This is not this is not silly business. And you need counsel, and you need the record, and you need to play hardball. And uh, they've got a young man out in Colorado right now, or Utah, that they're doing this same crap too. So now, they haven't I, stopped. I still come back to the situation where. Okay, this guy, you know, he sees he's in a mess, real mess. He starts calling attorneys. He said, look, I ain't got no money. I, I, I mean, they got me nailed to the wall here. What are his options, uh, uh, Bob? If he- well, they're pretty grim, and here's the problem. You know, the first thing they did to Roberts, he sent a letter to him asking for continuation of pay, uh-huh. and they suspended his benefits. That's the first thing they did to him. So that left him totally out, out in the cold financially-wise. That he, he, I mean, if he had anything saved up, he couldn't. He's not going to go far. Well, right, and 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 even, but but even, I mean, they cut him totally off now. Now, like the regional office gal testified in federal court, he was supposed to drop back to pension. But he said at that time his wife was, was able to work before her health deteriorated. She was working, yeah. so, so he, he wouldn't have had any pension coming in anyway. And, but he didn't have Social Security, and so all he had was his VA money. So they, right, they, they rendered him a pauper. He's penniless. But here's the other problem. Nobody, I'm, I'm talking about the Nova attorneys, uh-huh. you know, the, the attorneys that do this work. Nobody knows about this class of cases because nobody's ever fought on one before. Roberts is the only guy that really got up on his hind legs and fought on this thing. Yeah. And Thomas Banzel went in talking to the Senate Judiciary Committee staff about this, and they were just sitting there, you know, gobstruck. I mean, they they, they just said, huh? They're doing what? Because nobody could conceive of a Department of the U.S. government pulling this crap, yet alone pulling it for 30 years and not getting called out on it. Yeah. But Roberts called him out into the middle of Main Street. So far, he's not doing too well. But at the court, we still got a split decision. You know, we still got a remand. Well, you have a fighting chance. Right, but but here's the thing that you have to 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 try to get your 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 hands around here. If Robert's benefits are restored for the dysmenia and depression, uh-huh. all the way back, if if his money's just given back to him, then from the federal district court standpoint, he wouldn't have had any damages he would have owed no money there couldn't be any fraud because they got him for wire fraud for fraudulently accepting payments for benefits he wasn't entitled to but if the board of veterans appeals determines that he is entitled to to 100 percent benefits for all those months uh-huh and gives him the money back that mean but he's already spent the four years in prison Good God. Exactly, good God. Uh, because what? you're not supposed to, because, and that's what we said in my in my response. I said, look, these cases cannot go over to federal district court until the administrative law judge hearing's been held, until everything's final, until everything's settled in the benefits claim. And that's the way Congress set it up, and that's the way it's got to be. But twice... 
both in writing and in talking to the judges at oral argument, the VA Office of General Counsel stood up there and says, the VA General Counsel has no role to play, no role to play in in benefits fraud adjudication. And, Gerald, I'm going to let you look yourself. You look at 38 CFR 14.561, and you look at that 38 CFR 42.1 through 42.47, and you read them. And you tell me if it doesn't describe that the regional uh, council, that general counsel, is to do the, the is to screen these cases, decide what to do with them, contact Department of Justice. There's no way that VAIG has any business picking up that phone and talking directly to U.S. attorneys. That's not the way Congress set it up. Congress set it up to where it would funnel through the general counsel, they would contact justice, and that they wouldn't do that until after this administrative hearing. These guys just are making up the rules in the middle of the game. And innocent veterans and their families are really getting hurt, and there's a bunch of innocent men and women have gone to prison over this. Yes, they have. And, uh, you know, this Roberts deal, he's not the only one, unfortunately. No, there's hundreds of them. Yes, they are. and They've been uh, doing this for 30 years. And, uh, boy, this is a tough one, Bob. Well, and, and you know, you got to cure them of sucking eggs. And you know, uh, egg-sucking dog, the only thing you can do is put it down, you know. What about a turn? Suppose. Now, I realize the deck is really stacked here. Poor Roberts. Best-case scenario, in my opinion... He's still a loser. Oh, this is the, the way that this is this game's rigged right now is heads the veteran loses and tails the VA wins. That's right. Uh, so. Because they refuse to follow the rules. And the only thing that a veteran in this situation, the only thing a veteran can do is drag the VA over into a regular federal district court and get a court order to have them knock it off and follow these rules. I think that's the only thing you can do. And it, you know, you, you do. I think you're right about that. Um, but now, is there any way of recapturing or somehow force, well, you can't force them to do nothing, but to recapture, uh, make at least the damn government pay or VA pay for the attorney fees? Well, we're, we're going to cross that bridge pretty soon here, but we'll see. But, but this is, you know, this is a continuing saga here. This isn't over until the fat lady sings, and I don't even, you know, I don't think she's even in her dressing room yet. I mean, we got a ways to go here. Well, that sounds prejudicial, man. It sounds like they're, it's, that sounds like that's that, that's got prejudice all over it. Well, it is prejudice. It, it, you can't, you you just can't when. You know, it's like a death penalty case, right? Yep. This is, I, you know, I said that this is Gideon v. Wainwright. And you right. remember the Gideon thing was that, you know, you had a right to counsel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I said this case is important. Roberts is an important case because it, 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 these thousands of veterans have been jammed up, jammed up, haven't had an attorney, never got in front of that neutral fact finder, that administrative law judge, never had proper notice of what they were supposedly accused of doing, never got to look at the evidence. I mean, Saddam Hussein ran better trials than this. <laughs> I think it's, uh, you don't need, you need to get that in the, into the court itself. Not just robbers, but everybody involved. Yep, well, that's, you know, and but but the first thing we had to do and you see, we haven't made any progress because here they are with 340 pages of foolishness they just published in the Federal Register in November. And since they didn't follow the rules, Robert's probably also got a tort case against those folks. Mm, he sure does. And it needs to be filed. Well, it can't be until he's finished. Yeah. He's, he's, we got to find out what the VA does with his money. That's it. That's important. Uh, and I think everybody involved at railroad, Mr. Roberts, needs to be uh, disbarred from practicing law. You got to follow the rules, people. Well, that yeah, yeah and and the gal that was running, uh, there was an attorney who was who was running the the uh, 
you know, uh, compensation and pension service at that time, the acting chief. Oh yeah, no we got we got emails. We've got emails with her talking to the, to trying to encourage the U.S. attorney to indict him, <laughs> while she's working on his veterans claim. If that's ex parte, non adversarial, and claimant friendly, I don't want any harsh justice. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's harsh <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> Poor guy. We got the emails. We turned them into the court. You know, these people saw this stuff before they even made this decision. How's Keith doing? Is he, is he, I mean, is he, is he okay? Or is he, I mean, I know he's got some issues, but I mean, is he, yeah, he's, is he he, he's plugging along. He did good in his hearing. He, you know, he didn't jump up out of the chair and oh boy, lay hands on anybody. So he, That's he's tough. pretty calm. I'd like to write this up. Somehow, if it could get Roberts to help a person do it, a little biography, man, get your help to do it too. And I want to present this thing to a few folks to have this thing put on video. Yeah, it should be there. You know, he's he he needs to sit down and and do his oral history. We uh, we did his deposition. We've got long depositions you can pull stuff out of, and he's written it up pretty well. So we we've uh, we're still chipping around. By the way, we're at the archives. We're working with the archives. We're trying to get the Navy to give up the safety report on the incident because mm-hmm. Roberts wrote Roberts wrote his story up and it's in that report, but the the Navy won't give it to us. So that's a big fight that's going on right now. Still, that should be uh, open record. There, it should be uh, no, no, no. Re- those safe, no, those safety reports. It's not like NTSB. Uh, NTSB, they're all up on a website. The military, right. they're all classified. You restricted. You can't get at them. Hmm. But we're trying to get at least his report, his thing that he wrote out of that report. They're out in, in Suitland, Maryland, at the archives. We know where they are. We've got an archivist digging around trying to get them. So. Well, here's the worst thing. This is more commonplace than what most people can even realize because, yes, Roberts uh, uh, is, is out here in the forefront right at the moment, but over the years... How many poor veterans? Oh, oh and when the when the month going by that there isn't a, 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 a the VAIG's putting out or the or the uh, Department of Justice is putting out some uh, you know public relations uh, flyer of how they convicted yeah. another veteran of fraud. Well, you know you got those guys down in Kentucky that that had that big scam when they weren't even veterans and weren't even, or weren't even service connected and were getting, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, and that That's big what... deal. And, and those things, fine, prosecute those people. But still, you've got to give them due process. You've got to let them, you know, this, this uh, Judge Roy being frontier justice, bring the guilty guy in and let's get this trial over with, that, that's not appropriate. You've got to let them have their full due process. Now, if they come in and say, hey, you got me, in Social Security, they come in a lot of times and say, hey, you know, you got me, yeah, I, I was working, and, and so i got to pay you back. And they know they got to pay them back before they retire, or they won't get their retirement in Social Security. Yep. But this I, is... I know people that's paid them back, and uh, uh, they did have that option. But uh, this is quite a bit different. It sounds to me like he didn't even have an opportunity for nothing. Oh, no, these guys want to be famous. They want to be famous. They love the, the we're we're big cops, you know, and we're yeah. you know we're we're tough. Well, that's uh, that's not the way Congress designed the system. And had he had his due process, we think that that the that the subpoena from the administrative law judge would have got the Navy to cough up that. Uh, uh, cough up that report, and right there he would have been in there, and then then that would have been the end of it. He would have kept his he would have kept his hundred percent PTSD. I, I believe you're probably right, but uh, it sounds to me like this thing has been been mishandled from the get go. Well, it is, and remember, Roberts. Forget what the judge up there at the federal uh, federal circuit court said. Roberts uh-huh. didn't have an attorney until he got to court to the CAVC court. He never had an attorney in his VA case until then. You know, they said, uh, uh, the judge said that, in, in her opinion, that he was represented by counsel at the at the BVA. He was most certainly not. He was represented by the American Legion. Oh. <laughs> no, but I mean, and they did a good job. 
they wrote letters and everything to Director Comp and Penn and said, give us the guy's claims file. Give us the report from the from the IG, and they would not do it. And then sending snarky emails back and forth said, oh, they want a copy of the report, but I'm not giving it to them. <laughs> not giving it to them. And uh, the, the VAIG man says, you know, Roberts is very litigious, and we need to be careful here because, you know, he'll... He'll. Uh, we don't want it to look like we're railroading him in an email. Yeah, because we're railroading him. We don't want it to look like it. we're railroading him while we're railroading him. Not only was he railroaded, he was shoved through a tunnel. <laughs> you know, just because you know he, 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 he just because you see some light at the end of the tunnel, you better listen. Make sure the whistle's not blowing. Yeah. You know, in this case, I'm not sure the whistle's not blowing here. I'm. You know, I just this thing has a life of its own. It goes on and on, gentlemen. I can see that. Now, you know, uh, one thing here of, of caution I'd like to warn veterans of, usually it, it sounds like on a deal like this, he didn't have much warning that, or, or nothing. They just yeah, counted. no, just no, no. And uh, should a veteran out here think that something like this might come up and bite them? Uh, you know, for whatever reason. The first they get wind of it, they've got to go find a NOVA attorney. They've got to find an attorney okay. that does that's, veterans' disability stuff. That, that's what I was after. Uh, uh, don't wait. Jump on top of it. And your first choice, your first choice is not a criminal attorney. And if you, but if you're going to talk to a criminal attorney, you got to talk to a criminal federal attorney. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, what's benefits fraud? Benefits fraud is white-collar crime. Yeah. And and so, do you know what these, these are like this Enron case and everything. Uh, Roberts used to have lunch with one of the, uh, with Mr. Skilling, one of the one of the Enron guys that was in uh-huh. federal pen with him. Yeah. Now, when, when Skilling wanted to go to his uh, court uh, 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 of appeal hearing, his wife came up and posted a $1 million cash bond so he could go. All right? The the attorney in Milwaukee, who probably could have won this case for Roberts, wanted a $50,000 retainer. Pay that. Exactly, because he's not Jeff Skilling. Well, you can't pay that kind of This is, well, no, but wait a minute. You're, you're in the exact same situation as that guy that Wall Street guy who's been accused of insider stock trading. Yes, you're right. in the exact same court with the exact same prosecutor with the federal government with all their resources against you. And you think you're going to fight them with some dumbass court-appointed attorney? No. Who's playing for the other side? Ain't no. Or way. or you're going to fight them in on your VA side with with a guy with a high school education who's a service officer? Well, la-dee-da. See how it works out for you. Good luck. Yep. And, but, uh, and Roberts Roberts will tell you today, if he was here talking, he would tell you, you cannot do it. You've got to get counsel, and you've got to get them focused in. You've got to make a formal written demand for this hearing before this administrative law judge, and if they will not give it to you, you got to go straight into a federal district court and get a court order and make them do it. There you go. Because if you don't do that, you're toast, and they're going to railroad you and run right over you like they did Keith. And, and Keith stood up to him. In other words, get, get with legal proper legal counsel immediately. Yeah, don't, don't, we, don't. we had a case like this. We had a case like this in Milwaukee after Roberts. And we went in, another attorney went in, and I told him what to do. The first thing we did is we demanded a copy of the claims file. And they came back and said, well, we don't have the claims file. The VAIG got it. And I said, well, it's your property. You're not allowed to give it to the VAIG. You can give them a copy, but you can't give them the original claims file. You all better get it back. So we got it. they got it back, and we got a copy of it. That was first step. Well, yeah. next thing the next thing we were going to do is is demand that hearing, but then they dropped it. 
Okay. Well, so if you push back at them, they're bullies, and if you push back at them, they might break and run. If if you can do it quick enough, don't let them set the cook. You got to jump right on them. You've only got a heartbeat to do it. Hey, listen, thanks for having me on and talking about this very important situation here. It is important, Bob, and we appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us because, uh, as you mentioned, Roberts is not the only one. They're doing uh, hundreds of veterans this way. They have done. And, All right. Uh, so you come back on and talk to us again. We'll keep you posted. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Bob. Yep, bye-bye. Bye. All right. That poor guy. I'll tell you what, it's not good. He'll be vindicated. Well, I hope, I sure hope he is, but what a mess. Yeah. That's a lot. I think those folks need to be prosecuted themselves for that. Oh, I agree 100%. They broke all kinds of federal laws doing that. Ladies and gentlemen out there, if this was to happen to you, you do not wait around. If they give you 30 days, you take two days. You get yourself a lawyer. I mean, you don't wait around. Don't argue with them. Ain't no need to argue with them. You go straight to the lawyer because if you only had any idea what's waiting down the road for you, you would not be dilly-dallying around. Yeah, you don't want to meet Leroy. No, you don't want to meet Leroy. You don't want to be sleeping with your butt to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, this is serious business, and the VA, they have no mercy. They don't mind it. They don't mind at all. They love this kind of stuff. Yeah, they spent $10 million to put you in jail. Over a $2 bill. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But, uh, no, please, immediately uh, secure attorney somehow. Get a hold of a noble attorney, like uh, Bob mentioned, and and uh, uh, let's uh, try, to, try to get it resolved before it gets away from you. It can get away from you so quick. Jerry, let me give them the root cause of this whole thing real quick. So, Go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> if you have a claim going on in the VA, especially over a PTSD disorder, some type of psychiatric, some, some type of mental disorder, excuse me, never, ever contact the VA in a certain way and raise cane or raise, you know, anything like that with them because you're going to tick off the wrong person one of these days. And Roberts called the IG because he was upset that they were destroying his documentation information. I don't know the exact contents of the contact with the IG, but something in that contact hit a nerve with someone, and it definitely, definitely cost him 10 years of struggle. So if you contact these folks, you know, Always have a good demeanor and be nice because you tick off the wrong person and they're going to make your life miserable. Keep it civil. You can. You got to uh, realize you're communicating. You're not. You're not on a rant. Communicate. Uh, and uh, you know, if you disagree with them, send them a notice of disagreement and uh, uh, with a letter of. Experience explanation uh, you don't you must be civil yep. and uh, and as I said do not hesitate especially on some of these fraud issues I know people that's had to repay money and they got caught working and they admitted it so the VA said well, okay we're going to let you off the hook. Just pay this money back. You don't, you know, we hold it out of your check. And they did it, and everything's cool. But now if you come along and and, and uh, you're innocent, you wasn't working, somebody just tried to put something on you, that's a different matter. 
And folks, if you want to see more information on this subject, go to uh, the archives and look up the show that Gerald and I did back in 2011, uh, what not to do with the VA. And we cover a lot of areas yes, we what did. not to do, and that, that's a very good show to listen to. Uh, and uh, it's a little bit of a humorous show, but uh, it hits uh, a lot of good points. And uh, always be civil when you uh-huh. But anyway, I think we're out of time here, John. Uh, yeah, we are. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you tuning in here to the Had It podcast, and and we we hope you learned a little bit of something here uh, today, and and uh, we was wanting to bring you up to date on this Roberts case. It's such an important case, and it does affect a lot of veterans, and it may affect you unknowingly somewhere down the road in the future. And, and this will give you a little bit of uh, insight. Through no fault of your own, it can affect you. And uh, 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 so always be on your toes uh, when you're dealing any time with the VA. Not that they're, they're, they're bad people. It's just I don't know too many good people that work for them. <laughs> A few. No, I think they retired. But but anyway, thanks for tuning in. This will be Gerald Cook with John Stacy. We'll be signing off for now.